Blog Talk Radio. Of getting better if you try hard enough. 
Yeah, and I'm always learning. You always have to learn. I have a, I mean, I have a goal that I, I, I try to learn something new at every show, be it a, a psychological point, something in the ring physically, or just, you know, something about my character. I, I try to learn something new at every show I go to, and I think that I do that. So, I mean, I'm always learning. You have to. It's always changing. You have to keep it keep fresh and up with the times and whatnot. Well, I heard a podcast a few years ago, and, you know, I apologize to whoever ran the podcast because I honestly cannot remember the name of it. Uh, it was a few years ago, but listening to it, it had Brett the Hitman Hart on. Now, anybody who knows anything about wrestling knows who Brett the Hitman Hart is. You know he comes from Canada. You know he comes from Calgary Stampede, which was a huge wrestling uh, company and territory in Calgary and, in, in, you know, uh, Winnipeg. was it? Is it Winnipeg? I forget. Is it Calgary? No, Manitoba, I think it's called. Uh Man, it just shows how little my knowledge on Canada is. Sorry, Canadian listeners. Uh, it's Canada. But, you know, it, it's Canada. But, you know, he's just one of those guys who, when you hear him say the following, it really makes you wonder. And he said, even I, somebody who co- comes up to me and says, you know, you, you're like the most perfect wrestler I've ever seen in the ring, he will literally turn to people and say, no, I'm not. No wrestler is perfect. There's always a chance that you can learn something new or there's always new styles and things that you can adapt to your repertoire so that you're changing and evolving with the times instead of staying a stale character. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that completely. That's, that's actually genius. I'm not the biggest Bret Hart fan in the world, but uh, that that right there, yes, that's genius. And, and I still and another subscribe thing, to that theory. I still... Oh, go ahead, sir. No, I was going to say something about what they were posting, the match that they actually posted. They didn't post the whole match. They just posted <laughs> the last seven minutes of it, so... <laughs> it was it was a match. So I worked... I wrestled uh, Diamond Doll for 15 minutes, and then after that was over, and I'm celebrating my victory, my hard-fought victory. Here comes little midget Paris Kelly out and challenges me again immediately, and then I go about eight to ten minutes with her. So I was exhausted. (laughs) Yes, it was a terrible side headlock takeover, but, I mean, seriously. I'm a big girl. Fifteen, twenty minutes is my limit. (laughs) Well, you know, that's the thing is, you know, Conditioning and wrestling, I think it's very forgotten uh, in the overall, you know, minds of the of the fans. You know, we look at these wrestlers and we see you guys almost as superheroes sometimes. You guys seem larger than life, uh, you know, no pun intended. You guys actually seem like, uh, you know, idols to us a lot of times. So when we watch you guys have these matches and we see how spent you get in the ring, you know, I know there's a lot of people that, oh, wrestling is so fake, it's so fake, it's all acting. You know what? No. When you've been in that ring for sometimes even just a couple of minutes and you run those ropes, it wears you down, and and you can be spent very, very quickly. That's where the conditioning comes in. If you don't have good conditioning or you can't at least, you know, work on your agility and, you know, be able to go a little bit longer in the ring, how the hell are you going to last a 15, 20-minute match? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's the most intense cardio workout you'll ever have. I remember when I first started, five minutes, and I was done. I mean, am I in physical shape? No, not necessarily. I'm I'm a big girl, but I I I can go. I can still keep up. If nothing else, adrenaline only, you know. But well, yeah, and you know that's the other thing. If they wanted to slam on you. Well, I mean, if they want to slam on you for your wrestling ability, you know, picking a match and, and pointing out certain things and critiquing it, 
you know, anybody who watches wrestling knows that, you know, no match really is ever perfect. There's always, you know, miscues and things that don't go perfectly. It's, it's just like life. Life is not perfect. Just like almost no wrestling match is perfect. But, you know, you've got these people that expect so much of you guys. And then if these idiots want to be like, oh, okay, well, you know, she's a terrible wrestler because, you know, she's big. And I saw them post pictures of guys that were really skinny and they were making fun of them too. And it's like, okay, well, you're judging them on the way they look. What about Stone Cold Steve Austin? What about when Eric Bischoff looked at them and said, you know what? Your black boots and your black trunks, you got nothing going for you. You'll never be a star in this business. Just because of the way he looked. What did he do? He went to WWF now WWE, and made himself over and basically put WCW out of business. Mm-hmm. For the most part, yeah. I mean, you've got you've to yeah, have it, more to it than just your look. It's a performance. I mean, you're going out yeah, there and you're telling a story, and he was a storyteller, and he was a good one. And that's what got him over, not what he looked like. Yeah, it's a weak defense because, I mean, we can harken back all the way to the days of George the Animal Steel. The man looked like crap. I mean, he did. He was he was overweight. His his bald head never matched the color of his, his back and his, his shoulders and everything because he was so hairy. He looked like he was wearing a sweater. So, yeah, looking at the man, you'd probably assume he just, you know, crawled out of a bar, you know. But when you see him in the ring, he had talent. He could move around that ring like a cruiserweight. Yeah, I mean, look at uh, Vader. Big dude. Short dude, but big dude, and he moved like is unbelievable. The things he could do, he should by the laws of physics, he should not be able to do those things at that size, but he did. So, I mean, I can do a moonsault, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> Doesn't make sense for me to do a. Why would I do a moonsault? Well, I still think that you should give Paris a stink face the next time you are in the ring with her, but that's another story. I think you should go back and try to find, because I'm pretty sure I did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have. We've had so many matches. It's not funny. We've got another one. She just messaged me earlier. What is it? Uh, March 14th in Independence, Mississippi. We're going to go again. So I might slip it in there. Well, you know what? <laughs> Shove it in there. Uh, well, that's yep. the thing is, you know, you 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 get in the ring and you know you develop a little bit of a uh, what's the word you know it, it's almost like a uh, like a connection with the the person that you're wrestling and when you wrestle them so chemistry. many times you know there's there's chemistry there you go there's there's got to be that chemistry and you know if it if it's fun for you guys in the ring it's definitely going to translate to that for the fans because we can see that we can tell when you guys are having fun and you know we, oh i mean God. come on let's think back to wrestlemania 20 you know you look at the brock Lesnar and goldberg match the fans took over and you know just completely changed the whole feel of that match and you could feel the tension in the ring yeah yeah and paris and i do have an what is we were mouthing back and forth last weekend what did I don't know. She said something. It was a tag match. She clapped her hands and said, this is going to be a piece of cake. And I said, a piece of cake? Your mom's a piece of cake. And her mom was sitting in the front row. (laughs) (laughs) Like, your mom's a piece. She goes, my mom's right there. I know where your mom is. (laughs) And the fans, I mean, mean, everybody knows that we're friends. It's not a secret. It's all over Facebook. But when when we get in the ring, it shows. I mean, we banter back and forth. And it's fun, and that's why I enjoy working her because it's if I if I can't have a little fun, I don't want to play. So. Well, that's the best part about playing the heel is that. 
Yeah, and that's the best part about playing the heel is that you get to, you know, really pick at and kind of verbally attack the audience. Like, I saw a clip one time where CM Punk looks into the crowd, and this is way back in his, I think this was even before his Ring of Honor days. He looked out in the crowd, and somebody said, you suck, and then he turned around and looked at the guy and goes, yeah, I hope your parents die. <laughs> oh, have you never seen the CM Punk, uh, pardon my language, the bitch I'm not holding the microphone spiel? Yes. You've seen that one? Oh, my God. I was an instant CM Punk fan. Blonde hair and all. When he was walking around cutting that promo well, with no microphone in his hand, God, I was about to die. Well, you know, that's the thing. is With CM Punk, I've been a fan all the way back to when he first broke onto the scene because, you know, picking up PWI Magazine every month like I like I always do, you know, they're, they're always co- covering the indie scene, and they're always covering, you know, those hot wrestlers that they can just tell are going to be something big when they're given the chance. You know, they predicted Cena. They predicted Batista. They predicted Orton. I mean, they predicted so many different wrestlers. And, you know, you, you come to something like that, and you're just like, wow, you know, like, it's just one of those things where it seems like everything fit perfectly. And with him, like I said, I've always been a fan. And I'll tell you someone else I've always been a fan of, and that's my good friend Aaron Moore. Aaron, are you with us? Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, man. Aaron Moore, ladies and gentlemen. How's it going? What is up with you, my friend? Uh, just uh, working. <laughs> working, working, working. Uh, how's it going? <laughs> That's all you do, man. Every time I talk to you, you're you're the busiest guy I know right now. I don't know anybody, and I know people that have three jobs. I don't know anybody that's as busy as you, and that includes me. And you know, I almost had a nervous breakdown recently from all the crap I was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I decided to just work through my through my nervous breakdown. <laughs> Basically, see, um, friends, that's what you should do. You should just take yeah. a deep breath and work through it. <laughs> I don't know how many people. You know, I, I, but a lot of clenched. Well, tips. I was actually doing that. I was actually doing that, but then you know, I kept getting reminded of how bad my life sucks when I looked at the top of my head and noticed that it looked like the map of you know Maine. Right, right. Ah, uh. such a dork. So let's talk about let's talk about hey buddy. Let's talk about the Kickstarter and how uh actually I'll just let you go ahead and break the news because obviously it's good news. Well we are funded and um a hundred percent and actually we're at about a hundred and one percent right now. Yeah, so thank you, thank you. Okay. Yeah, our um actually Bye. just with <laughs> just in the last <laughs> See you next week, folks. I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, uh, our good friend Crystal. Seems like a good note to go out on. (laughs) Right, 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 right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we just we just got some more pledges in, and um, yeah, it's just uh, it's really amazing, you know, to be to see that hundred percent mark and to and just kind of say, hey, yep, yep, this is going to happen, and you know, and everybody who who was sitting waiting to see if it was getting pledged, you know getting funded before they pledge, you know, now you can you can come and pledge. And uh, a good thing is, you know, right now we're offering a really cool refer-a-friend, basically. You pledge for a hard copy, you have a friend pledge for a hard copy, post a comment on the Kickstarter saying, hey, I, I'm, I'm a friend of this person, and boom, you both get an extra copy or a free minifigure. Um, so, yeah, we're hopefully get some people with that. <laughs> 
Well, I can attest to those minifigures because I got, you know, I was very fortunate to go to Great Lakes Comic Con last weekend. You were there. Uh, we actually went together for a little bit. Our, our friend Crystal O'Rourke was there. We hung out with her for a little bit. Saw Ron Mars. Saw our good friends Tony Maiello and Dirk Manning. Saw a whole bunch of, you know, really amazing people. But one of the things that still sticks in my mind is those two little baskets of those figures that you had because seeing the pictures of them online, like on Facebook, they look really cool. But when you see them in person, it just – the technology, the, how great it is now, it just blows my mind because we're able to do such great things now. And seeing the way you put those together really gets me excited because I know that you're going to just get better and better and better at it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, everything, I mean, basically everything you saw that, you know, that came out really good is still, you know, try on error at the most part. So, yeah, like you said, I mean, you know, not only you know, in a few months am I going to be handing my, holding my own comic book, but I'm already holding action figures of characters from my counter, you know, that I created, that I built. And just, yeah, it's a really cool feeling. And that's, and I'm really, really happy to be able to offer that, especially the Kickstart, Kickstarter packages. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's real exciting. That's really cool, man. I mean, this is, and this is something that him and I have been talking about going all the way back to, to what, Aaron? April of last year, right? It's been almost a year oh, we've yeah. been talking about this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, it's all pre-production for me. I mean, anything that I do, if you see me that I'm doing something, that means I've been, I've been, I've been tinkering around with it for the last <laughs> who knows how long before I decide to display it with, to the world, you know, just because... <laughs> Well, for any listeners that don't know, whether it's, I don't know, they just have never listened to this show before or they don't know how uh, this part of the comic book industry works, but give us a little example. And I know this because I've had a crash course. You and me, we're doing the same exact things right now. But let us, let us have a little example of what it's like to be the creator of the book and everything that you have to put into it. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the, the number one thing is, is money. Is it's sad to say that you know when it comes down to everything, that's money. But you know, pretty much when you want to do a comic book, that's that's the name of the game um, because it, it's page art, it's page rates, um, it's the penciler, it's the inker, it's the color, it's the letters, um, and in some cases, it's the writer. You know, um, I you know I do my own writing, of course, but I've I have to branch out. And I have uh, been letting other writers. Uh, join in on the fun, and but for the most part, I mean, the, it really just comes down to finding a group of people that actually want to do uh, for the longest time. Um, the biggest problem, the biggest hang-up was not working with people that wanted to do comics. Uh, as soon as you find the people that actually want to work and want to get something done, that's that's when things start. Well, I, I think it, it kind of also is another thing that gets lost, and that's the fact that when you are creating a book, you are responsible for paying all these people, you know, for their work. And it really sucks to know that, you know, you've got people that are doing great work for you, and sometimes, you know, they want to be paid, you know, up front for, you know, a certain amount of the work, and then a lot of times, right. you know, you'll pay them when they're finished for the rest. There are other creators right. that don't do that. They want all the money up front, or they won't even touch you because of the fact that they've had, you know – this book or that book or this project or that project where they did work and never got paid for it because the Kickstarter didn't go through. So I can understand that, 
you know, how, you know, people can be that way. It just, it, it also sometimes has to come down to, you know, are you willing to do the work knowing that the story is good enough and the art will be good enough that you just need to get it done. And that's something that really with me has been a problem is that I don't have the finances to fund all the books that I'd like to do. So I do have to do Kickstarters, but right. just like you said, the books are going to get printed whether the Kickstarter goes through or not. That's just to help with furthering what else we'll do. Like, toys and posters and shirts and stuff like that. That's what's great about the Kickstarters and the Indiegogos and the GoFundMes and all that, even though, uh, just throwing this out there, my GoFundMe has not hit a hit in three weeks. So, <laughs> Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I mean, and that's a, another big part of my book is, for the Kickstarter is, is I'm not I'm not only Kickstarting just to get to get funds, you know, the book... You know, again, the book is mainly done. I want to be able to do more more books with these people. You know, there's over three dozen creators um, working on this one story. Uh, this, you know, it's going to be massive. It's going to be epic. And um, you know, the more we can do, the more you know. Basically, almost all this money goes directly to the pockets of artists and writers that work on it. I mean, and when you think about it, I mean, my my goal for the Kickstarter was seven hundred and seventy-seven dollars, and I've almost put. I've put in over $5,000 of my own money out of my pocket so far just in pay chart. You know, when you think the average page on the on the lowest end is around $100 a page, on the lowest end, <laughs> colored and everything, and I'm and I'm at about 43 pages right now, uh, not including, I'm not accounting covers, um, where everything basically doubles at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Um, I, but I don't want to discourage anybody who's wanting to get into comics. I mean, you find that team of people, you find that group of people, you find people that you can work with. Um, you know, I suggest doing what I did and what other people do. You find a good indie group and you see the group of people that are working and you ask them if they need some more work. <laughs> and, you know, what's what's good about that is that you do kind of network and you do find a lot of talent. Like, you, you and I have just been, in the last couple of months, we've had so many different talents contact us and say, hey, can we provide a pinup for you or a cover or a this or a that? And they really want – you can tell the passion in these people because they really want to do it. They're very persistent. They'll show you their work. They'll go out of their way to talk to you. you know, and then there's other people right. that you kind of have to hunt them down you know, to do work for you. But you know, all that aside, I just want to say the fact that my name is going to be in a book that has Dirk Manning's name in it, I can die and go to heaven now. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I was really, really surprised uh, to get off topic there with this, that, but uh, yeah, he he actually, uh, when we first were sending out invites and saying, hey, if you're interested in writing, if you're interested in doing art, contact us at RIA, and um, he was one of the very first people that that contacted us, and you know, he wrote to me, and because you know, I was under, I was going under RIA, not really Aaron Moore at that point, and uh, I was like, hey, you know, this is me. <laughs> Um, yes, of course you can be a part of this project, and uh, yeah, it's actually it's actually worked out where uh, the word got out, and artists there's enough artists right now that are interested in being a part of the book just because of that. That um, Derek is actually going to be doing more than one short story now. He's um, we're looking at about three or four. <laughs> so yeah, and uh, and I and I've been giving him a little bit more free free reign, free control, just. To, just to have some fun with some stories. So I'm excited to see to see what people think. 
Well, I've told you from the beginning, my friend. I uh, Immediately when we talked about the idea, I just kind of thought to myself, you know, this is something I definitely want to be a part of. So I want to thank you for including me in it. And uh, we, we actually uh, – we have – uh, Ronnie Nicole is actually uh, on the line uh, waiting very patiently. Uh, do you want to wait on the line for a minute and uh, let us talk to Ronnie for a few and we'll come back to you? Oh, yeah. Yep, that works. Uh, yeah, and if uh, time runs out, that's fine. But, yeah, I'll listen and uh, yeah, thanks for having me on and I'll be I'll just be sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll come back to you, buddy. We'll come back to you. All right. We're gonna, All right. Uh, well, Sarah's about to conduct an interview, and Sarah does these interviews ten times better than me, so... All right. <laughs> well, maybe I'll talk to her when she gets back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking right, you over to you. All right, guys. Thanks. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sarah, time for the introduction. Oh, boys and girls, it's the fabulous She-Hulk herself, Ronnie Nicole. What's up, Ronnie? Hey, Sarah. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I appreciate the opportunity, Um, and I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So happy to hear from you. How you been? I've been hanging in there, girl. I can't wait till we get to have a match finally, and I can see you again. I know. We've only met that one time, and we just kind of sat there watching matches when we were there. But, yeah, Yeah, I I was really – go ahead. Hopefully we can uh, get something going. See see the Amazon and the She-Hulk light horns in epic wrestling action. (laughs) That's 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 the ticket seller right there. That's a marquee match. The Amazon versus (laughs) She-Hulk. Yeah. (laughs) Tickets will sell themselves. They will sell, literally, it will sell out from just us. (laughs) Book it! What was that? Book it. Talking? Book it. Oh, he said book it. That's not what it. I thought you said. That's not what I thought you said. <laughs> no, this isn't the this isn't the Royal Rumble after show. That's, I was like, family show, friends. Jeez. God. <laughs> well, Ron- oh, jeez. Well, Miss Ronnie, going to tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been wrestling, what got you interested in the business in the first place. I know you're driving to work, so we'll try to get um, you in and out. Yes, I am I am doing my best to not Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift right now because uh, of weather. But, uh, oh, me. Um, let's see. Ronnie Nicole, as uh, Sarah so lovely introduced me. Uh, I am the She-Hulk of the South. Been working for three years before this coming August. Um, was originally trained by C.W. Anderson and Nice Dick Eddie Brown. Very blessed to have had a lot of veterans who have gone magnificent places and done so much for this business to also have a hand in my training. Uh, ECW's Chili Willie, as well as former uh, national champion Lou Marconi. So... Uh, excuse me, NWA national champion, Lou Marconi. Um, so I'm very fortunate to have been guided through the beginning stages of my training by these men who all all together have amassed uh, so much knowledge and experience and have really helped to mold me into being a true professional within the business. Um Started working smaller promotions. My very first show was at New School in Jamestown, North Carolina, 
and it was very impromptu. I was not on the card. I was there supporting a friend, and you know how it goes in the indie biz. You better have your gear yeah. because you never know when you're going to have to step in and do something. And I, I love it the when case. they ask you that. They go, right. hey, did you bring your gear? Like, you're going to say no. Like, no, I left it at home. Duh. Oh, no, 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 Sarah, I've been at shows where that's happened. And really? I kind of look at the guys. Oh, yes. Like, the promoter will come up and be like, guys, we need another match. Who's got their gear? And I look at the guys who I know should have their stuff. And they're like, oh. And I'm like, really? Okay. If that's what you want to do. <laughs> uh, you know, you never there's know. only one place. Only one place I won't take my gear because I do not want to work there. So that's why I don't take my gear. Well, fortunately, I haven't run into too many promotions that have been difficult or you know, I just wouldn't ever go back there. I think there's only one um, that stands out in my mind, but I've had a very fortunate experience as opportunities, especially being a female and a female mm-hmm. in the South. I don't know if people really realize how uh, very few female wrestlers are coming from this area. So in order to really get your foot in the door, a lot of my wrestling career has been intergender. I've had the distinct pleasure of working with some really amazing guys on the independent scene who have tested me <laughs> as much as yeah, I have tested right. them. You know, you know how it's working with the guys. They want to see how far, oh, yeah. how hard they can go. Yeah, you yeah. know. And it's, it's so. the same way here in, in the Midwest. I mean, I didn't start meeting a lot of girls until I went a little farther. Like, Tennessee is loaded with them. Yes. You can't yes. you can't throw a rock at a Tennessee show without hitting a girl. They're everywhere. Right. But Illinois and Indiana up here this way, I mean there's there's just so few of us. And it makes it a little challenging because you want to make sure that you are having the best experience as possible, but you also don't want to limit yourself by just wrestling, right. you know, in your area or just wrestling with the people available to you, branching out is is where you really have to go, especially as a woman. I've been really fortunate to match up with some some wonderful ladies and meet some wonderful ladies. Uh, I think that if had I not had my fantastic, magnificent ladies of wrestling experience with Christy and the and the wonderful women there, I would have never met you and been able to meet uh, the great Cheyenne, who I'm hoping to work with later on this year as well. So. A lot of wonderful things come out of expanding yourself when it comes comes to wrestling, and you really don't have a choice. You know, yeah. especially you know in our cases, we have to have to do that in order to become well-rounded and be able to yeah. work with all different types of people from all different backgrounds and training styles. And so, I think it's a, it's more a gift than a curse. <laughs> yeah, and I t- I told Christy that too. I mean, <clears throat> my first time at MLOW, I only had one match order. Right. And she was like, honey, it's only one match. If it's, I was like, no, no, I have to come. <laughs> right. Like, I have to. It. I have to come for the experience to meet some new. I, I have to come. I was like, I'm not going to. It's not that far of a drive. It's fine. I've worked shows for less. So. <laughs> and and what you just said is unfortunate but true, you know. And as as a woman, it I was always taught to me, or excuse, it was always expressed to me that um, women are more of a commodity and a novelty draw, and I think like some of that is being lost. <laughs> Did you say like midgets? <laughs> yeah, like midgets. And yeah. uh, I, the show I worked on Saturday, I have I have this problem a lot. I don't know if you do, but when you go to a show, the promoter always wants to put the women's match on first. 
Oh, and I think my that's gosh. A bit, <laughs> I think that's a huge mistake. And the show yes. I was at Saturday, uh, Greg Anthony's show, NWA Mid-South, um, they posted the card, and we were right after intermission. We were like semi-semi-main. There was the main, then the semi, and then we were right before that. Yeah. And I said, look, Greg, and he doesn't even like women's matches. He hates women's wrestling, and he'll tell you that. But he also is a businessman, and he's very smart, and he goes, women are – Women are a novelty. That's a gimmick match. People pay to see that stuff. I'm not going to put that first, and they'll leave. Why would I put exactly. that first? Like, exactly. Why can't you teach other promoters that? It's just a good business decision, you know, because yeah, I mean, you, you don't want your audience to just go. <laughs> you know, if you do have individuals who are specifically there to see women or whatever draw or gimmick match you may have, you always want to have that at a point where, okay, we're building up to this. We're building. That match was good, but the next one's even better. The next one's even better. Man, I can't wait till after intermission because I know I'm going to get this, the women and the main and the semi Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the, the, I guess, the roller coaster that you want to take your audience on. And some shows don't do that as well as others. No, and they don't. You, yeah, and I both, don't. you and I both know that a lot of cases, there are different factors involved, but... When it comes to being a woman in a locker room, it's definitely an adventure, and it's it's, it's certainly something I'm very fortunate to experience. Yeah, it's adventure is a good word. <laughs> well, you my like problem that? with yeah, I do. <laughs> my problem with them putting the women's matches first and second all the time is, I mean, the people that did come to see that match that want to see women's wrestling, and what if your women's match that you put on first ends up being better than your main event? And your crowd's right. blown up because we were awesome, and the rest of the card sucks now. And they expect us yeah. to be, I hate to say this, people watch too many divas. They expect us to be bad and catty and cat fight. They and do. So when you come out there ah. and we don't do oh. that, when we don't do that, though, we're out there and we're, I mean, tooth and nail, fighting blow for blow, they they love that stuff. Yes. And it's so it's so funny that you said that because I was recently um, somewhere where the comment was made, well, it doesn't matter what they're really doing. You know, they're here just for TNA. And that just was like a knife in my gut because, yeah. one, as a woman, I never, regardless of how voluptuous I may look or how my appearance is, I never want to be just depicted as a sex symbol because that is not what my purpose on earth is. Right. And as a wrestler, that's that hurts even more because it's it's just showing that really thin line where people don't appreciate, respect, and understand what women in the wrestling business go through and have to do for just a microcosm of the respect that our male counterparts automatically receive, whether they're good or, or not. Uh, yeah. I've been in the locker room with some gentlemen who received their training from Backyard Wrestlers Are Us. And yes. <laughs> very popular. It's a very popular training camp, very, that one. Right, yes. A very, I mean, they've got franchises everywhere. They um, do. And I really was disappointed when, after my match, I heard from them, oh, you're good for a girl wrestler. Oh, well, thank you. I don't really <laughs> envision myself as just a girl wrestler. Uh, I'm a, a well, lady you who just happens told to be them, a wrestler. You should have <laughs> just told them theirs was all right for a backyard match. <laughs> there, you know, I can't do that. You know, I can't do that. But I was just, you yeah. know, it's, 
things like that that you hear and it makes me kind of laugh and kind of smile think and think to myself honey if you only knew you right. know it's, i i have been tested by some of the best from from cw on up you know they don't treat me any differently they work me just as hard as the men the guys that i train with don't treat me any differently um We've had instances where new guys have come in and they kind of look like, you want me to do what now? But, <laughs> you know, I I tell them if I'm in here with you, I deserve just as much as consideration as respect because I'm doing the exact same thing you are. Uh, I just uh-huh. happen to have sweater puppies and you don't. But, exactly. uh, you know, it's. It's a very it's a very changing dynamic though that I've also begun to notice with as many women taking on that hey I'm not going to take from you the fact that you don't believe that I can do this I'm going to show you what I can do and then you can make that determination for yourself I love that that's being presented so much more in so many different promotions it, it is West, so many it's, it's starting to emerge you know and I'm, I'm even glad less- that. I'm glad that we have been in the business and now it's starting to happen. So it's like, yes, <laughs> everybody's going to the right time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, even right with, time, the, uh, with the WWE to some extent, um, NXT, the girls on there are insane. Oh they my are, goodness. They put a uh, Charlotte and Sasha Banks main event and they stole the show. I mean, yeah. it was unreal. The crowd, Oh God, what did Charlotte, she, uh, she gave Sasha Banks a spear and the crowd literally chanted, better than Roman. Wow. I lost it. I was like, yes. And it was. It was better than Roman. It was so good. And I was just like, finally. Well, because we, be, we, be, we should be far past the days where women's wrestling has to be considered a novelty act. The fact that there's no equality in wrestling really mirrors the fact that there really isn't much equality in regular everyday life, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I actually... Is, oh, I, I wish it was the other way around, but unfortunately it's not. You know, what do you think that we could do about that? Like, how can we get women's wrestling to not be considered a novelty act anymore? I don't know. I got, I got a funny story about that women equality thing that happened to me at work the other day. I work for Pepsi. Okay, I stock shelves for Pepsi. I maintain stores for Pepsi is what I do. And this woman literally walks up to me and she goes, Oh, they got a girl working for Pepsi. I didn't know they hired women... Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. This was a woman that said that to me. I I just looked at her and went, "Yeah, I was tired of being barefoot and pregnant, so I thought I'd get a job." <laughs> what do you What do you say to that? Well, you can't stay home and wash your husband's feet every day. That's why you're my yeah, I'm I'm professional to the extent that I need to be professional, but when I feel that line is crossed, right. I mean, it was an it was an old lady. It was like the 65, 70 year old lady that said that to me, and I'm just thinking in my head, my grandmother would slap you if she heard you say that. I wasn't raised that way. I mean, no, the dynamic. Um, it's really funny because I was raised extremely southern. Um, I my family. Well, my grandmother was very about taking care of the family and the household. Even though in her later years she went out and worked, she still held to those traditional values. And so to have 
you kind of break out of that and and demonstrate to others that you can be more than one thing as a woman, and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I'm That's not- something that, that you have to demonstrate in, in every interaction that you have, I feel, within the wrestling community is showing that that interesting juxtaposition of femininity, but also in strength, because they are, one is not without the other. A lot of times people inaccurately associate being a woman with weakness or or doing things like a girl, you know, so to speak, is, yeah. is weak or, or less than. But that's a that's a connotation that society needs to just break out of a hundred a hundred percent because it's it's at its basis not true. Um, I have seen some crazy things from women. Um, off the top of my head, Lufisto, and even more recently, Kimberly Dickinson. I was gonna bring um, that up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was nuts. Yeah, I was. Um, gonna, I was gonna ask you about that. How you felt about that? There were so uh, many things going on. People were mad because they thought he was being careless and he was just, you know, picking on her. And I'm thinking, do you really think that she stepped into that ring not knowing what might happen? Yes. And I, I've been Jeez. not so vocal because I that's exactly how I feel. I don't I I cannot say that what what on earth is going on or, or are you crazy because I have been in matches where I've almost not been able to protect myself or something almost to that extent has happened and yeah. I'm fine. And nothing, yeah. nothing traumatic happened to me, but well, I, I mean, went into posted. the match with with that understanding of what I'm doing. You know, that I wouldn't have gotten in the ring. I don't think I've, I was with uh, Kimberly at Valkyrie, and from what I saw with her in our interactions, she's very smart. She's ridiculously talented. She knows what she's doing, and she knows how to protect herself. She's trained with men. Yeah. So I, I personally, unless she came out and said this was wrong, I feel a way, I wouldn't go jumping to her defense because – as a woman, I've been in that position, and so have you, where you've had to put yourself in a situation, accept the consequences or the results of it, and keep it moving. Because I mean, that's, not- that's any time you step in a ring, though, there's a possibility. Even exactly. with, as a you know, teeny tiny little Paris, you've met teeny tiny little Paris, right? Yeah. I mean, she could do something wrong, and she could snap my neck just as easily as a 300-pound man could. It's not exactly. his size. It was, and she... She protected herself, or at least she tried to. I mean, yeah. and she even posted a YouTube video saying, okay, I'm fine. <laughs> Everybody right. calm down. <laughs> right, because everyone was getting so upset and up in arms. And and at the end of the day, I think that the larger issue is that people just don't accept intergender yet. And they right. don't consciously in their minds accept that a woman can and will and has done just as more and can at- entertain at that high level and take that type of brutality and still live to tell about it and still be okay and not be less than and not be looked at as, oh, poor, pitiful, delicate flowers, because we aren't all the same. We all no. have different levels of what we can take and we all have different understandings of the dangers of this activity. And so if it is my choice to go and have a hardcore barbed wire death match where the ring is on fire on the outside, 
that's my choice. I understand. And you're perfectly aware of what you're walking into. Yes. Exactly. And I've seen some of her matches. It's not like she's just doing clotheslines and headlock takeovers. I mean, she does some stuff. So, no, yes, her her and uh, Hania and La Rosa Negra had the most ridiculous, awe-inspiring three-way triple threat that I had ever seen when I was in Valkyrie in New York because those girls killed it. They yeah. just went out there, they put it on the line, they didn't care that it was, you know, they where they were on the card. They cared about giving a phenomenal match, making sure it made sense, because you and I both know that sometimes triple threat matches can get a little hinky. You know, when when you add more than more than just two people in the mix, it gets a little, you know. <laughs> yeah. But it was so well it was so well done. They they've told a great story. It got over and I was just that's one thing that stuck out stuck out excuse me, stuck out, stood out to me in my <laughs> mind when I when I think about her is that this girl is I saw it and I was like, she's all right. Because she, I mean, look at her. She's not, she's not someone that I would be like, oh my gosh, concerned about. Because she's already proven she can take it. She can handle herself. She's smart about the business and she knows what she's doing. You know, I feel the same way about Candice LeRae. I am, a, I have a huge crush on her. Oh, love her. <laughs> I love her to death. Girl crush. Uh, right? Like I have the biggest girl crush on her. I think she is so beautiful. Um, <laughs> She is so talented, and when I see I her, I have do watched things, her get tossed ring post to ring post at Pro Wrestling oh yeah. Gorilla, and and she's in there with the dude. She's the only girl with on the, that card. Yes, and and going so, just as hard, just as vicious. You can crazy. you can see the passion and the intensity in everything that she does. She's had her fair share of bloody bouts. Lufisto, mm-hmm. same thing. Lufisto is a monster. Okay, and Mickey I mean, Knuckles too. Mickey Knuckles, is Mickey deep. Knuckles, like all of these women have already proven it can be done, and I understand there needing to be sense because I am 100% psychology based. As long as it makes sense, I understand. But it bothers me when people say, you know, that doesn't make sense. They they should be doing that if they're having an intergender match and that is what is called for in their match or it fits with what they're doing. Then that is their match. That should be what they they are allowed to do everyone else pipe you know chiming in with their judgment and this and that it's not about your opinion about what's happening you have to understand that these are two individuals who take wrestling very seriously and regardless of how you felt about what happened they are adults who made a conscious decision to have the match yes and i mean she was perfectly aware that that chair was was coming Right. And you saw and her. The, she threw her arm her up look. for crying out loud. Yeah, you yeah. saw her look and, like, wait. I mean, come on, guys. I'm not trying to break kayfabe completely. But <laughs> come on. You're not trying to saying? kill like, the business, but, I mean, seriously. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to kill the business, okay? But seriously, I feel that it was, it was a little it was a little bit much. And, again, I think it goes back to that whole, well, she's a beautiful girl. She's a woman. You shouldn't do that. Okay, guys, I've taken a, quite a few things to the face in wrestling. No one's crying about me. Okay, Ronnie Nicole, get some love, guys. You want to be so sad about me? No, because I don't need it. Because I I know what I'm getting into. I know that when I wrestle a guy, there is a potential for me to get hurt because most of the time when I'm wrestling women, they're smaller, but that potential is there for them as well. If they could, what happens if their foot slips off the rope when they're trying to give me a suplex? What happens Mm -hmm. if they get hung up on something and I, I can't protect myself. Anything can happen. So mm-hmm. making it about, 
male or female, I don't really agree with that because male can be hurt. Female, female can be hurt. Anything can happen when you step into a ring because that's the risk that we all have agreed to take. We all have the understanding of this is a brutal business and you better know your stuff because nobody is going to be able to protect you out there besides you and your opponent. And you have to be able to doubly protect yourself in the event your opponent is not able to do that. But this is about thinking and understanding and knowing what this business is about. And people making decisions on that, I don't have a problem with it because it's not as if they were like, oh, well, let's let's use the wrong side and let's use a wooden chair. You know, it wasn't... <laughs> Yeah. Let's get this non-folding banquet chair, this rolling computer chair, see what happens there. No. And people don't understand that, that every time we step into that ring, we're putting our life literally in someone else's hands. Exactly. Be it man on man, woman on woman, man on woman. I mean, I've seen some crazy stuff out of men on men, so nobody's crying about that. Yes. And no one says anything about the men when they do crazy, ridiculous things and and the risk or is is evident <laughs> and very apparent, I mean, you know. I've seen more close calls with my guy friends than I've seen in intergender stuff. And yeah. that's just from my perspective. You know, I'm sure there's more out there, but, you know, I've talked to some of my friends. Like, are you serious? What were you thinking? Yeah. The only <laughs> thing that I ask of the guys when I wrestle the guys is I'm, I always say, I was like, don't you dare take it easy on me. No. And quote, quotation fingers here. Take it easy on me. I was right. like, I trained in the same same kind of ring you did. I learned all the same pumps you did. I know how to protect myself, and I'll try to protect you. I was like, but don't pull a punch because you think you might hit me in the lip. Hit me in right. the lip. Fine. Exactly. <laughs> because I know what I'm. I know what I'm getting into. It's not as if yeah. I'm surprised. You know, if I get something stiff, I know that. By default, I will be working men who may be unaware of their strength, so I'm going to have to Mm -hmm. be prepared for a couple stiff shots. I'm going to have to be aware that something may be a little snug, and I may not be used to that. But with that understanding, I still choose to proceed and go forth because it is my job to protect my opponent, male or female, and myself. And generally in wrestling, that's what's understood. You know, protect yourself, protect your opponent. Make yourself look good. Make your opponent look good. If those things are covered, then we should be fine, regardless of if it's a male or a woman. Now, I do run across the guys who, and I'm sure you have, they don't want to wrestle a woman because of the ego thing, because Uh they don't want to lose to a girl. Oh, my trainer put me over so many times, it's not even funny. (laughs) He puts me over every time we're near each other. I find it so funny because then afterwards, when these guys actually work with me, they apologize because I don't have that mentality. I honestly don't believe that your win-loss record is that important because when you it make isn't. it to NXT or when you make it to TNA or to Japan, they're not going to sit you down and ask, so throughout your independent career, how many titles did you win and how many wins of matches did you have? Yeah, Losses? they're not going to Okay, that. we're going to put that in a pie chart and we'll get back to you. That's not going to happen. I always like to whisper to him. I always like to go, it's not real. You know, like, <laughs> the point is to go out there and tell one hell of a story. Oh, sorry, family show. My, <laughs> but, You know, the point is to go out there and tell a story that the people who are watching are going to remember 
And regardless of if it's intergender or female match, I seek to have believing going, wow, that was a good match. And I want that to be what people remember, not the the fact that some guy lost to me, because that's not what it's about. It's about us going out there and telling a good story. And if you're yeah. willing to do that, then we're going to have a great match, and it's going to be an awesome awesome time but if you have to fight with someone's ego or their preconceived notions about intergender wrestling or wrestling females in general it does make it a little challenging you know and i i'd wish for the wrestling my wish for the wrestling community is for all everyone to have that understanding of we are here as a unit regardless of where we're all trying to make it we do the same things weekend in and weekend out because we love it and it's about mm-hmm. the fans, and it's about giving that love and showing that love in the ring and painting a beautiful picture in the ring with our bodies so that the fans can enjoy that, not for our own personal validation, because the moment you start looking at it that way, you're lost, and you're not going to be able to grow. You're not going to be open to learning. You're going to miss out on a lot of things that could really impact and help expand you in the business, which is what it's not just to me business, about. but in your life. I've learned right. so much about life, but yeah. Friends, you sitting over there all quiet. You got any questions for Miss Ronnie? Well, you know, you guys are actually touching on everything I I wanted to talk about, especially, you know, I think that the the, the kayfabe thing, I think that because a lot of people feel like it's dead, like CM Punk on the podcast when he came out and said all that stuff, you know, that stuff happens so often now. Do you guys feel like that's good for the business or is that bad for the business and the whole kayfabe thing should stay and, you know, there should be more secretive stuff? Mm. Uh, Go ahead, Ronnie. I I agree when people say that kayfabe is completely dead because there's no way that you could kill it for the entire wrestling world because you still have little fans coming up, you know? So in a sense, I think it is each individual wrestler's responsibility to protect kayfabe and to protect the business. There is a way that you can speak about things and let people know about things without completely divulging everything that goes on behind closed doors. Um, I was never one to experience expose things in house. Um, you know, as a child, I whatever goes on within our family, I was taught that's what goes on in our family. And so wrestling, everyone in the wrestling community, that's my family. So I would not try to let any outside individuals in on what goes on behind locker room doors, you know, because in a way each of us has to take accountability for what we do to break that and what we do to expose that. And living in a world where social media and the Internet and information is so abundant, I do think that we are the gatekeepers of kayfabe. And if we don't take our job seriously, then it will continue to be harder for the stories to be told because we're almost living in – an era where you have to work the work. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I was going to so, say that. We're, we're working the work. <laughs> you know, and so that is that is challenging, and, and it does create a sense of, okay, what else do I have to do to, to protect all of these things? But it starts, in my opinion, with the individual, with not revealing too much, with if you are a gimmick, when you're in gimmick, you live your gimmick, and when you're not, then you're not. 
but there has to be a, a separation because without that, the line gets blurred and you have people who have no true understanding of the business, no experience, only just the what they see on TV, thinking that they know so much when they only know a fraction of the story. And yeah. then that's where you have misinformation. And, and you know, that, that everyone knows that misinformation information leads to a lot of things being misconstrued and a lot of issues presenting themselves. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I totally agree. Just took the words right out of my mouth. Well, not all of them. But... <laughs> But a handful, maybe just a little. A, a handful. Little the gist, the gist. She just got the gist of it. I mean, even when I go to the bathroom, like if the if the bathroom is in a place where I have to leave the locker room and go where fans are, I yell at small children on my way to the bathroom. Yeah. Just to keep or that like, keep that image alive. Right. You know, um, there's there are two little girls who I was with this past weekend who are the children of uh, another wrestler who was on the card I was on. And they saw me, and so I had to hide, and they came and found me. You know how children are. <laughs> uh-huh. They're like, why are you hiding? And I was like, well, here, I'm not a good guy, so I can't be seen talking to you because it would make people confused. Did your dad yeah. explain that to you? And they're like, oh, yeah, we forgot. Okay, we'll go now, you know. So <laughs> but My kids boo have- me when I go out there. It's so hilarious. <laughs> the last. <laughs> They'll ask before we leave. They're like, Mommy, are you going to be a bad guy tonight? I'm like, yes, dear, I'm a bad guy. They're like, yes. <laughs> and they love getting to do that, you know. And, oh, and, they do. And join in and, and get to boo mom because they they understand, you know, in circumstances They're my little like that, plants. <laughs> you've you got perfect plants every time. I do. Sometimes I give them a sign just so I can take it, tear it up. Yeah. Oh, that's good. You're lucky. right. You got plants that'll go with you. See, I always have to find the one. <laughs> Be like, listen, I need you to help me out with this spot right here. But, um, you know, it's important to protect what is left of the business. I hear veterans talk about the old days or territory days, and I'm so envious of how their experience was so different, you know, how they yeah. they really had to rip and run the roads because there was no Internet. There was no email. You know, there, there was published bills about the show. You had to actually go to the show and speak to the promoter and – pay your dues and for me that is so amazing and rewarding and incredible that I feel a little cheated you know because <laughs> I'm in this modern we era got it easy. right you know I'm in this modern era so so I, I don't get that same that same experience that they do but even still protecting the business has to remain regardless of how the road experience changes or our experience with engaging with fans changes, we still have to be the ones, again, the gatekeepers of kayfabe, and protect it because nobody else is going to do it. And the moment you stop caring about it, that's really when it dies. Yeah, I agree. Well, wow, we've we've rambled on for almost 40 minutes. I oh, gosh, I didn't even know. <laughs> we I did. Didn't know we how long. did. Yeah, we're almost <laughs> out of time. So I'm going to give you a couple minutes to uh, plug your Facebook and all that good stuff. Tell us where you might be in the next week or so. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, if you're looking for me on Facebook, it's uh, com slash SheHulk of the South. Please like my fan page, and you can keep up with everything there. Additionally, I have 365 days of Ronnie Nicole calendars available for purchase, so please inbox me for details on that. Uh, Coming up for this month, 
uh, March the 7th, I will be in Lumberton for Ring Wars Carolina. The 8th, I will be in Asheboro for CWS Asheboro. The 14th, I will be at Queens of Combat 4 in Gibsonville, as well as UPWA in Southport, North Carolina. And at the end of the month, I will be at NASW, National All-Star Wrestling, in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, very excited about, about all these shows and staying busy come coming springtime. Uh, find me on Instagram, Glitterlicious Fierce, all one word, just exactly how it sounds. <laughs> um, and my Twitter is at Glitterlicious, Glitter, L-I-C-O-U-S, all one word. Uh, tweet me, um, and I will tweet you back. What else? Is that all the social media stuff? I think so. I think <laughs> I'm so. asking you. <laughs> I don't know. I but haven't yeah. been on Twitter in months. I, I, I do that. I'm so bad. Because I'm like, oh, Twitter, I love you for three days. And then, like, three weeks later, I've lost followers. Because I'm like, does she even use this? We're not going to follow her. But, yes, I do. I am getting better about Twitter. And if you tweet me, I will tweet you back. Um, and if you send me a message, I, w- I will send you back. I love my fans. I love interacting with people. I know for a fact that I would not be relevant anywhere if it wasn't for the No Mercy Nation and she Hulkamania running wild and all the people who do support me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and thank you guys very, very much for having me on the show. It's been an honor and a pleasure. And, Sarah, I'm so glad I got to talk to you, even though it's not I like know, I can't talk so to fun. you ever. But, you know. know you, you, just, you just told me up. We'll just shoot scraps sometimes. You're like, hey, what's up? <laughs> thank you so much for being with us, Ronnie. I had a blast. You're awesome. Me too. You guys are wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, honey. Have a Thank good you, night. Ronnie. You too. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. You know, I really could just stop calling in and let you do this show. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> I could talk. To, I could talk to these women all day. It's just it's so fascinating. When we have, I I mean, I know that we all have sort of the same mindset, but when I talk to them and we have exactly the same mindset. It just it just makes me love them more. They're my family. What I thought was great was, you know, we, we had Pandora. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. Uh, it goes by the name of uh, Terry Young. Yes, yeah, I know of her, yes. Yeah. Uh, she was on a show a few months ago, if I remember correctly. Uh, I know it was recently. I just can't remember when. Uh, I, <laughs> I can't remember much of anything right now. But uh, she, you know, she's very strong in her uh, opinions towards women's wrestling and the fact that, you know, she feels like it shouldn't be, you know, considered a novelty act anymore and all that. And whereas I can see how, you know, it works as a novelty act, um, I do respect the women that, you know, want it to be, because it's just like with, you know, anything else in in this country, you know, or in this world, really, you know, everything should be equal. I'm I'm a strong, you know, follower, and and, and I really believe that, that, you know, you shouldn't be, when you're standing in a a crowd of, of, you know, five people, you know, and and one guy standing next to you, you know, there's really no point in me having to say as a white guy, oh, he's a black guy. Unless I'm describing what he physically looks like to you, there's really no point in that. Same thing with like sexism and, you know, um, you know, discriminatory stuff against like gays and religion and stuff. It, It just, it's amazing to me how so much of that is still prevalent today. You'd think that we'd be beyond this garbage by now, especially considering Sometimes the technologies. The technologies. It, it does. It seems like we're just getting worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems sometimes well, we're taking Well, let's talk about things that are getting... 
Yeah, and you know what? And, and, and instead of thinking and talking about things that you know are getting worse, let's talk about something that's getting better, and that's the fact that Aaron is back with us. Are you there, Aaron? Hey. Have you been on hold this whole time? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I listened to the show. I listened oh, okay. to the show, so I just figured I might as well just listen to it this way. All right. It worked out. It was on speaker for a minute. Don't worry. I, <laughs> he he has to listen to it because I know where the bodies are buried. Ah. And I and I gotta say I'm really digging that uh, She-Hulk of the South uh, uh, theme there. That that that's really awesome. Uh, I was Jeez. checking out the stuff. And that was that was cool stuff. <laughs> uh, she yeah. she she's got that whole thing going for her too. She's a very very large woman, very tall. Yeah, no, I could I I, I could I, I could see her being the person you just you wouldn't you know talk back to or upset or. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turn around and go the other way, maybe. Like, oh, sorry. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, you, you could, but it doesn't necessarily mean you'll walk away with both of your testicles intact. Right, it doesn't, right, doesn't mean you're going to make it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've seen people try to get away from She-Hawk, and it, it didn't work out if she, if she didn't want you to get away. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if, if, if Avengers Disassembled taught us anything, <laughs> Vision, who can escape through anything, <laughs> couldn't even uh, get past her wrath. But anyways. <laughs> I'm going to have to work on my comic book knowledge. I'm going to have to study. Yeah. No, don't do that because then there really will be no need for me to be on this show anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Ba- basically, she just rages and just... <laughs> Rips them completely in half. It, it was just really one of the most <laughs> brutal, iconic scenes that you know, just, you know, younger me would have had nightmares. <laughs> you know, it's uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, definitely. Uh, if you're an Avengers fan, if if, if you enjoyed the movies, um, read Avengers Disassembled, um, especially if you're trying to get ready for for everything that's coming with the Silver War, Civil War, and just everything. It's it, it's just a great starting point for anybody who wants to just know what the Avengers are all about. <laughs> That's my little extra kind of uh, info there. <laughs> I'm going to check that one out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, If Powers. If Powers Kickstarter. Right now, yes. you are yes. past your goal. You have 14 yeah. days left. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of these uh, these incentives, uh, things that you've got on here. I know that there's actually an option to get a blank cover sketch by yours truly. Yeah, and we actually, people, uh, literally uh, earlier, about an hour ago, Crystal, our good friend Crystal, she uh, pledged for uh, a sketch cover by you also. So uh, they're <laughs> adding up there. So <laughs> it's really cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've noticed. Oh, that, is she going to be disappointed? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I noticed that uh, I since I since I've offered so many rewards and so many different options for people that a lot of people are kind of confused as to what's happening. I've seen pe- people have dropped things and changed their pledge, and I just want to let everybody know. You you know, if you want, you just send me a message. You tell me what you want, and I'll take care of you. Uh, but basically, I'm a big fan <laughs> of options. Yeah, when you come to it, you're just going to see every option available to you possible. Uh, that's basically what it is. It's just me just saying, hey, if you want this, if you want that, let's just let's get it done. Whatever you want. Um, 
You know, what you, you know what you could have done that would have worked just as well? You could have put nothing else on there but pictures of Dirk Manning and just said, send Dirk Manning money, and you still would have hit your goal. Right. Well, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> It's, uh, you know, I'm really, like I said, you know, I said that earlier in the show, I'm just, uh, I just, you know, everybody, I mean, I got, I got Mark McKenna inking two of my covers. I mean, how, man, you know, it's just like a legend, bonafide legend. Well, it's not only that, I mean, he's been so helpful, just tidbits and, and just everything, just, just everything. Um, and just the amount, the amount of, um, you know, pros and just indie, the indie elite alone, uh, just been beyond helpful. Every, I mean, they just, everybody's got, they're just, <laughs> it's, it's nice, all the help that, that I've been getting the support. And well, we, we got a couple, we, we still have a couple minutes left, but before we, uh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. We still, we still have a couple minutes left, but before we do, uh, and, and we cut out here, I just have, uh, one question for you, and that is, uh, after this is done and, uh, the book releases, What's next for you? You're you're going into the second part of, of the overall story, correct? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, definitely with the Kickstarter, uh, you know, we have options to um, to increase the page of any story that you like. And every three hundred dollars over the goal, we're going to add another page to the book. Uh, if we get to twenty seven hundred, um, that's that's going to be a guaranteed issue too. That'll be printed around December of this year. Um, that, that that means that that will ensure that we have enough money that I'll be able to pay every artist that you see right now to continue the story that they're working on, and or create a whole brand new one. Um, this the whole project, everything, the whole thing about it is is I took my story and I decided to open it up to to everybody that's a creator and give every single person a chance to write, draw, color, letter whatever they want to, and, and be published and be part of a comic book. Um, so that's, um, we're just going to, even if it's not If Powers, we're still doing If Zombies, we're still doing If Lotto, we still have the anthology of Dreams and Nightmares, Captain Sabibi. I mean, there's just, there's just going to be a, a ton and ton of stuff coming, in, and it's just, and hopefully it won't stop, and if people keep supporting us, it definitely won't stop. So, Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know you have our yeah. support, buddy. We're we're always here yeah, for you. We're always going to make sure everybody knows about these projects. Yeah, don't worry about it, man. Of course, we've always got your back. And actually, I'm looking at your Kickstarter right now. And for anybody I've mentioned, you know that I'm going to be, uh, you know, doing a page for it. The page I'm doing is titled Regrets. And if you look on the Kickstarter, you can see the art by Jay Saliva with the inks of Mervyn Gedangan. And man, it just does this thing not look better than we originally talked about when I wrote the script? Oh, it's blowing me away, and it's so wicked. And 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 I get. I had two notes. I had the the hand of the claw, and one of the kids has a flaming head. And you guys got both of those in there, and it's so amazing. And it just and it's wicked. It's it's one of the darkest pages in the book. And there's some dark stuff coming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is. It's, it, you know that. It's, yeah. That wasn't my plan either. You know, when you when you gave me the guidelines for what you were looking for, I really just wanted to do something unique. But when I was looking at everybody else's scripts that they were turning in, and you know, for those of you that want to know how I knew about those scripts, we have a group that we share and uh, we go over things with Aaron, so everybody's kind of on the same page. And I just saw these different pages getting turned in, and I thought to myself, "Wow, man, I, I want to do something that's different." And I thought, "Well, what would I normally do? I would normally do something that's a little more lighthearted." So I thought, "Oh, this is a perfect." opportunity to go completely 
you know, the, the, the opposite way. So what I did was I took the script that I had originally written and I said, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to write it this way. And now just looking at the page without the words, it looks dark as hell. But when the words are thrown oh. on there, it's probably going to piss people off. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, you don't need words to tell what's going on. And, and I think that's a, the brilliance of, of, some of these short pages and single pages, short stories is just, I mean, you can just look at it and you just say, wow, all right, now <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> you know, well, um, I, give, I give all I, the credit to Jay on, on this page with the art. He really just kind of, amazing, you know, he took the panels amazing. that I told him. Well, well, he took the panels that I was in, in my head that I was seeing and I wrote them down how I thought they would look. And he just, for some reason, he managed to hit exactly what I was looking for. Uh, to be in these panels, but he did it in a, in a far more dynamic way and shows a lot more in the panels than I would have even imagined doing. Like, uh, you see the fan at, at the one panel in the middle. You can see how, yeah. uh, you know, it looks like it's being sucked into the hole. And that's something right. I wouldn't even have thought to put in there. Oh, yeah. And, the, and I just got to add to that. When Mervyn oh. inked it, because black, the black hole part of the story, is so important the way that, that Mervyn was able to take and cut out the outlines and ink it in such a way that it, you don't, it looks just, it looks amazing. And, and then, and then uh, Brian, I, I'm sorry I can't pronounce his last name, but he's going to, we just, he's already doing some colors for the book. You just know his colors are just going to really just push over the edge. And this page is going to be amazing. I just hope a bunch of people get to get some copies and get to get to take a look at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely proud of this page. I, I know that, you know, like I said, I think Jay had more to do with, you know, the brilliance of this page than I did, but it's it's just so yeah. gratifying to see this page coming to life. Because uh, originally you had just the pencils on here, now there's the inks. And I know that when I yeah. see the colors, I'm going to be begging you like crazy, please put the words on there just so I can see what it looks like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've been doing that. Um, if uh, for anybody who's looking, I, I, there's there's pages on there with letters that I, that I've been doing it, it, with my own amateur testing style. My plan is, of course, um, I have a pro editor, pro letter in mind. Um, so we're just going to be getting to work on that, and it's just it's all it all comes down to money, money, money. So <laughs> uh, as, as soon as I can, um, yeah, that's uh, that's the plan. I just I don't know. Let's just talk money, 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 as a matter of fact. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about that. Uh, we, we've got just a, a couple minutes left here, so uh, let's uh, yeah. let's talk all your links, uh, where people can find you in social media. Uh, mention your Twitter, your Facebook. Have at it, man. All right. Yes. Yeah, so um, it's RIA Comics Rage in Action. You Google that, you're going to find us. It's original. We're the only ones. No problem. Twitter's. We're at If Zombies. Um, that's the first book. If Zombies, If Powers, If Lotto. This is the three. So hopefully we'll get those all done. Um, you can find us at the CIC show. Links through there, through us, through Twitter. We're tagged. We're mentioned. You can find my links. You can find me through Fringe. Um, you can email me, ifzombies at gmail.com if you want to know anything. I'll answer anybody. Uh, unless you're rude, of course. <laughs> But uh, and, uh, yeah, and I just I can't thank you guys enough for for all your support and uh, getting me on this show. I feel like you know I'm gonna have the uh, record amount of appearances so pretty soon. 
Uh, I think you already have it, as a matter of fact, but it's just going to keep going up because you'll be on next week and then the week after because we'll make sure to, well, you know, promote it for you. Just, you you got 14 days left, so. I got, yeah, but you just make sure I don't cut into no one's time and you take me off when you need it. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, man. But, you know, we'll we'll make sure that we, uh, you know, promote that for you and uh, make sure everybody knows. Uh, Sarah Summers, where can people find you in social media? In social media, uh, Sarah Summers on Facebook, or you can go like my Facebook page, The Fringe Made Me, the all-star Amazon Sarah Summers. Uh, Sarah B. Summers, 2005 on Instagram, and Sarah B. Summers on Twitter. And if you have any interest in checking us out on Facebook, we are The CAC Show. We also are on Twitter, The CAC Show. Of course, I am Fringezilla on Facebook and on Twitter. And, of course, wrestling is on right now, so I'm about to jump off this and jump onto Twitter, which is basically the only time I ever tweet is during wrestling. So uh, if you got something <laughs> to say about wrestling or you got something to say about The CAC Show tonight, uh, you know, just check us out, let us know, like our pages on Facebook, and most importantly, be back here next week when we start our show every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, and that is the CAC Show. We will see you all next week. Thank you, Aaron, and thank you, Sarah, and, of course, thank you, Ronnie, for another great show. Bye, guys. Yeah.